Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of well, Hope Fellowship. Sorry, I'm, I'm posting. <laughs> Did you forget the name of your I, church? I, well, I'm posting on Facebook right now the fact that I'm in Lacey. I need to check. Can I check into Timberline even when it's not open? I'm sure you can. Nick Jackson. This is so professional. This is so professional. I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this. <laughs> So Bobby actually came up, so I'm super excited. So actually, okay, so recap, we did not put up a podcast last week on Monday for Easter because, I mean, we were, we were worn out. We had done so much. Um, it just didn't work. Uh, it just didn't work. We couldn't get it to happen. We did a massive we had too many things going on. at our house afterwards, and we just didn't have time to get all together. So this Sunday, tonight... We um, we want to talk about the resurrection, and so we're going to do it. And so Bobby drove up, fought the Sunday afternoon traffic to get up here, and we're going to uh, we're hanging out. And tomorrow on Monday we're we're going to do some more podcasts, and we're playing golf. Yeah, buddy. And Bobby is is a golfer. <laughs> and Sorry. So I am I am excited about playing with him and seeing his skills. So it'll be good. I'm excited. You know, that's funny. Anyone who's golfed with me is laughing right now, (laughs) (laughs) hysterically. Hey, so by the way, just so you know, we're not actually late for Resurrection Sunday. That's right. That's right. This will be good. Go ahead. Explain it. So so here's the deal. Eastern Orthodox uh, Church is on a different calendar than we are. So my friends in Romania are celebrating Easter or celebrated Easter today. Seriously? Like they Romanian did. Easter is today? Like Romanian Easter is today. So we are actually... We are celebrating with the global church uh, uh, on the, in the Eastern Hemisphere. We are so awesome. That's very spiritual. So <laughs> we're not we're not late. We're, <laughs> we're not, not late. Sorry. <laughs> we're just you delayed. Delete all that that I said. <laughs> we're amazing for the way we have such That's, thoughtfulness and consideration of the cultural parts of the world. Cultural, cultural awareness. awareness. Yes. How did you know? You, like, it's our did, minds are being welded to one another. <laughs> welded. <laughs> such a weird word. Um, so let's talk resurrection. That's kind of what um, what we wanted to do. So we thought we'd first talk a little shop. I mean, we're, we're pastors, we're at churches, and uh, thought we could... Uh, what was church like for you last week? Last week, Easter, you're celebrating. Last week, Easter, celebrating. It was Easter. So it's Resurrection Sunday, which means, of course, uh, people bring family members and uh, folks who typically aren't there on a Sunday morning. We had a packed house. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so for our little chapel of 110, it was it was pretty packed. And I don't think we had 110, but it's still more than your typical Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so which is great. It's great to see people come in. Um, how about you? Uh, we... Like that, a lot of people brought friends, family. We had a lot of visitors. Some were like actually visiting because they're new in the area. Then, of course, we had quite a few of the, the people just coming for Easter. Um, it is interesting. So I had quite a few people like walk up because we were packed. We, it was actually our fullest Sunday since I've been here. We, we were, every, every seat was filled. And it's a couple people were like, man, this is awesome. We have so many people. And I'm, I'm slightly torn. Like, there's part of me who goes, man, they're, they're going to hear the gospel, and I love that. So I'm so excited. Uh, for whatever purpose, people are here, and they're going to hear the gospel. Um, and then I, I think I'm somewhat sad. 
because I, now I do know that some of these people they're coming because just family has invited them and they won't, you know, they live in other places and that's great. But some people they come just because it's Easter and they yeah. they don't plan on coming again maybe till Christmas or something else. And I I totally realize that through the fellowship, through the music, through the preaching of the gospel, seeds are being planted. So mm-hmm. there's a goodness in it. But I think I'm also just sad that that's a lot of people think of church and stuff like as, as one time a year, and they think that they're yeah. good. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm a little sad at that. Yeah, and you did the resurrection passage, right? Uh, so I preached 1 Corinthians 15 oh. and uh, walked through, really, as Paul says, he's going to remind them the first uh, what, he, what he delivered to them uh, of first importance. And he talks about how the fact that Jesus uh, died, was buried, um, rose, and appeared. And so we walked through that whole passage, uh, really looking at what Jesus has done, the importance of the fact that he appeared, how the gospel comes to us by grace. Um, I don't know. I, I, I struggled a lot picking out my Easter passage this year, but as I studied it, I just, man, I loved yeah. it. It was good. Yeah. Do, do, did you gear your, your sermon? Sorry, I really can't speak English. Did you gear your sermon towards the newcomer, the newcomers, the... Uh, the family members, not necessarily towards the faithful? Um, I, I, I began my sermon, and I said I really had kind of a, two goals for my sermon. Uh, my Well, my purpose was to present the gospel as clearly as I could. And I said I had two goals. One was to encourage believers that we would be full of joy as we were reminded of just the truth of the gospel. Like, I, I think we as believers constantly need to hear the gospel. Yeah. We constantly need to be reminded of the beauty of it. Um, and the first Corinthians 15 is really cool because it talks about how Jesus died and was buried. The buried proves he died. Yeah. And he rose and appeared. The appeared proves he rose. Uh, and so just looking at how Paul wrote that, it was really good. So one goal was to simply encourage the church in the gospel that we believe that has saved us. Um, the second one was, and I said it, that I want everyone here to hear the gospel, know the implications of the gospel, and know the implications if you choose not to believe in the gospel. Um, And so I really laid it out saying, there is so much evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. You cannot, and I pulled in some quotes from a guy from Harvard. In fact, there's a new book. We have a There's book. a new book, Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. It's an apologetic book. It's 12 hard questions for the world's largest religion. So it's an amazing, amazing book. And actually, I just picked it up. Didn't think it was going to play any part of my um, Easter sermon. But there was quite a few quotes and things that I pulled from there. And, and she just really made the argument, Christianity has made such an influence in this world Everyone needs to wrestle with it and know why they either will believe or will they not Mm. believe it. Uh, Mm. And so that's really what I laid before our church. And I think if you're listening to this, um, when you're asked the question, uh, you know, why do you believe what you believe? And when you kind of begin turning that back around and say, well, do you believe in Jesus? And they say, no, I don't. Um, Don't let them off the hook. Like you need, well, why not? Well, 
what 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 other logical reasons can you give for um for the missing body of Christ, the fact that the Bible talks about that he appeared, the fact that disciples were scared, hiding up in an upper room, and then all of a sudden, after Jesus appears, um, they go for spreading the gospel at the at their own death. The fact that you know the Bible talks about women are the first people to see Jesus risen from the grave—that's ridiculous. I mean, even in the book, she points out that that's like um, that's like toddlers coming to the testimony stand. Like, like, it doesn't mean anything. Nobody believes a toddler. In the first century, the, the testimony yeah. of a woman was ridiculous. So the fact that it was written in a historical book at that time um, proves it had to be true because nobody would have wrote that thinking somebody would have believed it, especially if it was actually true or if it wasn't true. So, um, so I don't know. So that's kind of... Long answer there. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's great. It reminds me. I got excited me. about it. I started thinking about my sermon. Yeah. You're a preacher. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, it reminds me of Chuck Colson's uh, quote. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Chuck Colson, big scandal, right? Uh, uh, Exxon? Watergate. Watergate. Yes. Really, I, I know my history, too. <laughs> um, what did he say? Something to the effect of, if 12 men couldn't keep a secret for two weeks. Yeah. There's no way that if, if, if Christianity can't be a hoax, it must be true. Because if it was a hoax, those 12 men, the 12 disciples or 11 disciples, wouldn't have been able to keep that secret either. That's good. You know, I mean, it, it's, yeah. if, if, you, if you look at the gravity of the two, it's not only that they, they went to their death. I, I look at, when I, for, the, for the evidence of the resurrection for me, I look at the, psycho, the psychology um, of the disciples, what did they do when Jesus was crucified? Yeah, they ran. They ran. What now, did, oh, go ahead. Well, what did they do when he arose? Yeah. Well, I, first I, they I, first they couldn't believe it. No, nope. you know they they tell the women, no, no, that didn't happen, and then they run to the grave yeah. and and discover that he has risen. Yeah. Um, let me let me read this quote. Uh, so this is um, Harvard professor Tyler Vanderweel. He says, um, he suggests that any educated person should at some point have critically examined the claims for Christianity and should be able to explain why he or she does or does not believe them. No matter what we currently believe, we must all confront Christianity, the most widespread belief system in the world and the most far-reaching intellectual footprint and a wealth of counterintuitive wisdom concerning how wisdom should thrive or how humans should thrive. Uh, and so that's kind of the first chapter, how it ends. But it was just... Uh, it was a great book. I haven't even read it all, but uh, the first couple chapters were good and just got me thinking, and God used it in his providence that some of it made it into the Easter sermon. That's wonderful. How about you? What did uh, what text did you preach? Yeah, we preached uh, Colossians, we, as in me, myself, and I, because we're plural. Um, no, we're not. Huh. <laughs> we'll be talking about heresies next week. <laughs> uh, I, preached, I preached out of Colossians 2. Um, 2? Colossians 2, and Alive in Christ, Made Alive, was a sermon title. And, and in, in essence, um, because most Easter Sunday sermons are geared toward the non-believer coming in, um, I, I decided to do something a little different. And in fact, I, I wrote out a whole introduction, kind of 
trying to hook the non-believer, so to speak, or the, the visitor to say, you know, if you're the skeptic and you're sitting here in the pews, you're probably expecting to hear 10 evidences of why and how Jesus rose from the grave. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the main point was really to, just to get them to listen because the truth of the matter is most people reject Christianity, not because of the evidence, but because of, of a belief, of not a belief, but a, an emotional reason. Because if I have to accept who Jesus is, that means I have to submit myself to him. I, my life has to change. Yeah. Um, hmm. What I yeah. do has to change. Um, and, and so I, I went a different direction. In fact, I, I even threw that whole introduction out. And the reason why I told you that is because that introduction led me to my real introduction. What I realized was we're all thirsty for life. Believer, non-believer. Every human being is thirsty for life. Um, and it's only in Christ that we're truly made alive. It's good. It's only yeah. in Christ that, that, that we truly have life. Um, and, and, and so that, that was my intro going into Colossians 2. And it's essentially lining out is when, when we come to him, when we come to Christ, in whom the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, we are filled in him. We are, we are given a new heart. Our old flesh, our old self is buried, and we're raised with him to new life. And so just painting the picture, Christian, this is what you have. You have, you have life given to yeah. you based off of the resurrected life of Jesus. Uh, so really painting the picture, man, it's so good. Like, I, I wouldn't trade my life of disobedience. I wouldn't trade a million of, my, of the, the periods of my life of disobedience for the period of my life, which is now, which is walking with Christ. I am more alive now than I've ever been when I was dead in my sin. Yeah. And um, that's not true just because it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that. That was just that was mesmerized. Uh, no, that was we, good. That's so, good. It, yeah, and of course it goes to the gospel because the end of it, you know, it goes, it goes to God has made us alive. He's forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. I mean, we've all piled up things in our life that we're ashamed of. Um, that we don't want other people to know, but God has forgiven us in Christ. He's nailed it to the cross. Um, so, so the gospel was clear. I, I pray it was clear. Yeah. You know, as, as preachers, we, we don't always know uh, what it looks like or feels like on the receiving end. We just know uh, what it looks like, feels like as we speak. Um, but no, it was good. It was a good time with the body. Cool. Um, and How we, about... Uh, um, just going back though, and looking at Easter, like as Christians, we we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Um, we we celebrate Good Friday, uh, which we only celebrate it because because of Sunday, because there's the resurrection. Um, can you just give? Why is the resurrection so important? Like like if we lost that, what do we lose? Everything, we're dead. We're dead in our sins. Yeah, like yeah. If, expand if, on. It, well, I mean, everything does cover it. You're well, right. Well, here's <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, here's this is a lot. 
there's a lot of Christians who have this idea that, well, if there is no resurrection and if God really isn't real and if Jesus really isn't God, then man, at least I've lived a good life and I'd rather live this good life that I'm living now. And, and Paul says, no, that's not true. You're to be pitied among all people. Yeah. If, if, if there is no resurrection, you're dead in your sins and the life that you've been living, or at least the life that you should have been living, that we as Christians should be living, uh, dying to ourselves, dying to our flesh, sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. Why? Because we love the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, the perfect Son of God, who died as the propitiation for our sins, wrath absorber. the wrath absorber uh, for our sins, uh, so that we may be brought to life, made alive with Christ in him, with the Father and the Son and the Spirit for all eternity. Uh, man, that's, that's a life far beyond anything we can imagine now. And what it seems, what Paul seems to say, no, not seems, what Paul says is if there was no resurrection, then, hey, we're dead in our sins. And everything that we've lived for now, the cross that we carry now, is meaningless. So if, if yours and my belief is that even if G- Jesus wasn't God, the life I'm living now is better than any of the other lives. That's that's a false statement according to Scripture. Yeah, it doesn't add up, and it, that's either because we're we're not living, we're not carrying our cross, we're not we're not walking out gospel life, um, and or we we don't understand. We don't understand fully what the resurrection really means for yeah. us. No, that's good. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. We, we lose everything. And I mean, I, that's where I was going to go. The first Corinthians 15. Um, so I preached the verses one through 11. Uh, but when you start getting into verse 12, so one through 11 in chapter 15 kind of sets up Paul's argument. So when he gets into chapter verse 12, he says, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? So what Paul does in verses one through 11, he sets it out. Jesus rose. And then he, he uses the word appeared four times. And he says, look, uh, the apostle saw him. Um, I saw him. 500 people saw him. And he just goes through all these people who saw him. James has seen him. So now he goes, Jesus risen. How can you say yeah. uh that there's no resurrection from the dead. but Because then he says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ is raised. Yeah. So the implication is, if Christ did not rise from the grave then there is no resurrection at all, which means when you and I die, that's it. Yeah. Like, th- like this life is it. There is nothing else. There is no hope. We, we really ought to do the eat, drink, and be merry mm-hmm. because this is it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, think how pathetic that is. I mean, like, like, we live in a, in a short period of time when we start thinking even the last thousand years, the last 2000 years. And, and how many people in this world know you, how many people will know you one, two, three generations after you've died? 
I mean, just thinking about the impact that we've had, that we have, it's so incredibly small. So we say this is it, this life, and just thinking, wow, it's it's actually really small. Most people don't know us. Most people, after we die, really will have no idea who we are. And this is what we live for. Yeah. Like if if this is yeah. it, then it, it's sad and it's ridiculous. And we actually talked about um, the whole idea of of our culture today kind of places us at the center of mm-hmm. everything. And it's kind of like we've become the sun and everything else revolves around us. And if there's a God, then he kind of revolves around us too. But if that's true, well, the ridiculousness of it, I guess, is ridiculousness is that we don't have the power, the mm-hmm. strength, mm-hmm. the size, the ability, the glory to be at the center of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we don't. So, you know, coming back to like, man, what, what, what happens if, if Christ didn't rise from the dead? You're right. We're in our sins. We're dead in our trespasses. Um, and when we die, we die. There's no hope. There's no life. There's no nothing. There's no real ultimate purpose. Um, which, which goes against the grain of, of, of humanity and, and human experience. Why yeah. do we cry in memorial services? What? Why? Why do we miss our loved ones? Why? Why are we angry? I, angry. I'm. I. We have a, a gal in our church, um, a, a man, and and she's had one of the roughest years. She and her husband, uh, and she was grieving. Um, and I was on the phone with her, and I mean, she just in anger, not at me, probably not not even at God, just anger at death. Just, yeah yelled i mean it, but that's that's the that's the response of the soul to to death why because it's not supposed to be that way that's that we were not created to die so here's i think i said this uh with, with when when we were interviewing todd miles this is two things i got from from him weeks ago now weeks, months, ago. months ago uh he said something really profound in in class, he said, one, to err is not human. To err is subhuman. God yeah. created a perfect humanity in his image without error. So to err, to say to err is human, is, is, is not correct. But, but neither is death. Death is not supposed to be part of the human experience. And that's why we grate against it as human beings made made with eternity in our heart, made with made made in God's image. Yeah. It is something that we despise and we need hope. No. Um yeah, it just kind of makes me think of Romans. Romans one as you bring that up, that that there's something in us that knows truth. Like, like death is not supposed to exist. Like, like there has to be more than this life. Like I, there's something in us, but what we see like in Romans one is how all of creation is given to us that it would reveal the glory of God. And yet we reject it. We willingly reject and suppress the truth of God. And like, Romans one, it says uh, that we exchanged uh, mm-hmm. what the the glory of God for the, for the for the worship of creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we, we take the infinite and we worship the finite. And what, what's incredible in this passage is how, is how Paul talks about the fact that we suppress the truth. Yeah. We, we know the truth, but we suppress the truth. Um, death, I think, is something that, that awakens us to that reality that, yeah. well, there's something more here. Yeah. There's something more about this world and about life than just than just this life, this moment. Um, and I think as Christians, we need to press in on those things. Yeah. I think as Christians, we need to take the truth of Romans 1 and press hard into the culture we live in, saying, you know what? They do know the truth. They're suppressing it. So now we got to bring the gospel to yeah. them uh, as loving as we can, that they would hear it, that, we would, that they would see it, that what they are suppressing through the gospel and the working of the Spirit, it would come to life yeah. inside of them. And, and death really is, I, I don't know what to say it, but... A, a reality smack across the face of the soul. I mean, you, you're confronted with death of of, a, of the bigger reality that is that that there is an eternity that there that if this is all if this is if this is it if this is it um, then, then then why why are we grieving why do why do we fight death? It's <clears throat> if if there's no God. If there's no Jesus, then we really do come to what's better, death or life? Like, which one? There's actually not an answer that you can give for that because if we are simply the random chaotic movement of atoms and particles and other things, then we are simply an accident that now live here. But there's nothing to say that that's better or worse yeah. than death. There's nothing to say uh, that's true really about anything, uh, which if that's true, if we take that then kind of to, and just take it to the extreme, our words, everything we say, it all loses value. Yeah. Um, there's no purpose really in anything. Um, it, it really just moves into a, a whole chaotic world system um, and, and it produces no comfort, no hope, no life, no joy. And, and those are things that are innate innate desires and needs yeah to the human being yeah hope joy those are those are needs and the crazy it's crazy the amazing thing is like what we have in the gospel it's all in jesus yeah like it's all jesus yeah like uh, like we call the we call the, the podcast satisfied it's so true though yeah like it's satisfied in christ it's not about anything else. Um, the only thing that gives us hope and purpose is is Jesus. And if there was no resurrection, we lose it all. I mean, we wouldn't be gathering at church on Sundays. No, there'd be no offerings. Um, there'd be no mission trips. Uh, none of that. Well, there'd be no community. No real. The, community. The, there would be no community within a body of believers because. What do we gather around? We gather around the risen Lord. We gather because of him. We are united to him, and we are united together in him. Like, he, he is the reason we are united. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not because we all like the same songs or we, we all... Know, but that, that's the difference, right? Like, like, tomorrow we go golf. That'll be fun. 
Um, but let's say our relationship was based upon golf. And then let's say you broke a leg. Well, that that's going to hinder our relationship. We Depends upon how long it takes you to heal. Our friendship might completely and absolutely dwindle during that time um, because we can't play golf together. But what if there was something that held yeah. us together tighter than that? Yeah. Well, and that's what Christ does. He holds us together at something much deeper than yeah. hobbies yeah. Or, or a job or e- even, even um, a relationship that we can have here, even a father-son, even a friend. Mm-hmm. The blood of Christ holds us tighter together, closer than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, buddy. <laughs> we just look at each other and go, yep, <laughs> yep. That that was true. Um, no, actually, that's that's part of what we spoke on today at at Hope. Uh, we were talking about community. Yeah, and, and it was that very thing: is is softball or golf or quilting or shopping. I'm trying to think of whatever, what other people, what do people do together? You know, um, uh, coffee shops, bars. I mean, look at all the places that humans attempt to find community. They attempt to find it in all these, um, similar likes that they would have with other people. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is, is the strength of their community is only as strong as their like for whatever that, or their love of whatever that object is. Right. And that object is finite, and it's going to fail. And when that it does, doesn't it doesn't provide life? Only Jesus does. I mean, think college, right? Um, you have a lot of friends in college, right? But when you move away from college, much of what held you together and provided that friendship is now gone, and you never talk to ninety eight percent of those people again. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's yeah. very typical. That that's a human relationship built upon. You know, the, the, the object, that, the, a location, and once you're no longer in that location, those friendships, um, it's much harder to even maintain yeah. those, I would say. Um, yeah, I, mean, I have a handful of friends from college, um, but all those relationships were built off something deep. It, yeah. You know, it, 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 none of that, I mean, and I loved, I played baseball in college. Um, one, maybe two guys from my baseball team I'm close with. Yeah. But it, it's not baseball that holds us together. Base, baseball baseball was just something we did. Um, I, the, the, the guys that I'm close with are guys that we, we talk gospel. Yeah, I don't think we can underestimate when it comes down to like the resurrection of Christ and yeah. the implications that it gives us. Yeah. You know, and, and it was really neat. So we, we gave the gospel here on Sunday um, this last Sunday for Easter, just as clear as we could. It's weird. I'm saying we. I, I gave it. <laughs> it's weird to say it that way. I don't know. I, I think that's why I say we as well. It's like I know. It, it's like, it, it puts the it takes the pressure off. It's not like I did. Right. This. Yeah. No. But as I'm saying, I was like, well, I'm technically we the one who preached, collectively but, as the church. But maybe. So we had. I, I know there was a lot of friends, a lot of family members, a lot of guests. One of them, I, I knew that the family members were coming and they did not believe in Jesus. Um, no desire to believe in Jesus. No, nothing at all was attractive to them about Jesus. And I remember thinking about them and people who were like them that were going to come and just praying, just praying that that God would work. And so, you know, just delivered the sermon 
uh, did it the, the best that I could, um, preached it, and it was later that day, uh, one of the people was at my house, because uh, we had this kind of big Easter party gathering thing, and uh, they, they told me that the family members that had come, they weren't there. They had already gone back to their house, but they were greatly moved and are now wrestling with the truths of the gospel. That's great. And, and it, it, was, it was cool. Like, I just remember just thinking, that's what our God does. Yeah. Like, as we bring forth the gospel... Like it, it challenges people. It, it it plants seeds. So whether yeah. they get changed right away or in five years, it's not really. Yeah. The, but it plants seeds. It changes. It, it begins to work in people. Um, I guess one thing I, I would want people to know and to be encouraged with is, man, give the gospel. Yeah. Man, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let that fill you with boldness. Let it fill your your soul, your heart, your mind with. With the knowledge, the boldness, the the love for God that you cannot contain it and that you must share the gospel. Um, he rose. He rose from the grave, conquering sin, death, and saying that we'd become new creations, changed and transformed into his image, knowing that, as First John says, we will see him as he is, for we'll be made like him. Yeah. We're guaranteed to live with him forever in the new heavens and new earth as sons and daughters, not distant relatives, not people's weird people down the street from him, but, you know, as family, just take all of that that comes to us because of what Jesus has done and the resurrection and pray that just God would continue to fill you with boldness and strength and just share the gospel. And, and I say, just see what happens. Yeah. I, I think that's part of what the resurrection's meant to do. It did it for the disciples, right? Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about that today. I, it, Most all of us have a family member or at least someone we know who has passed, who has died. What would, it, what would it be like to see them alive three days after they died? I mean, you know, just remove for just a second, just, just for the sake of, of, of the argument, remove Son of God, but just... Huh. Out of the picture, just wait the conversation. Okay, hang on, hang on. This come, got weird. Come with me. Come with me. Here. All right. So just, we're just, gonna wait into heresy. Okay, not heresy. It's uh, just just the idea. Just <laughs> just to see someone because yeah. you know we're not we don't walk with the physical Jesus. Right. Right. I mean, we are one in Him. We are with Him. Uh, he sent His Spirit. Uh, uh, we abide in Him. Uh, we have His Word uh, and. I'm with you. But, I'm tracking. But the physical body of Jesus, yeah. to, to see the physical body of Jesus die, and then three days later to see, to touch, to feel the physical body of Jesus alive. Like, those disciples, that's what John says, that which we've seen, that's, that which we've touched, that, yeah. that which we've heard, that this is what we proclaim to you. That's First John. And, and I think we forget, we, we, we put it out as a fairy tale. Like a Pixar movie on our TV screen. And, and we don't take time to, to, 
to imagine in our minds the truth that Jesus had a physical body, was brutally murdered, brutally murdered, and yet he rose victoriously, and his disciples were able to see, to touch, to feel, to hear. You know, thinking like, like what you're saying, that made me just think of Thomas as, yeah. you know, Jesus appears to him and he says, put your finger here and see my hands and, and put, put out your hand and place it in my side. And, and Jesus says, do not disbelieve, but believe. Yeah. And then Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? And then, <laughs> and then, blessed are those who have not seen yeah. and yet have believed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, which it would have been awesome to be alive in the first century. It would have been awesome to see the things the disciples saw. But we need to wrestle with that word blessed yeah. in John chapter yeah. 20, 29, when he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Like, we don't yeah. get to see the resurrection, uh, the resurrected Jesus as the disciples did at that time. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have that today. And yet the Bible does not look down upon us at all. No. And yet God, through his word, which he's given to us, like you said, and his spirit works in us uh, that we would understand it, know it, believe it, see the beauty of Jesus in this word. We're told that we're blessed. Yeah. We're blessed when we believe in Jesus, even when we have not seen him, uh, because it truly rests just on the faith of God. And that's not blind faith. No. That's not blind faith at all. Um, the Bible, as God has given us, um, it's self-authenticating in that it points to the very glory of yeah. God as we're reading it. And so I know it. sometimes I think we do. We get kind of, man, if only I'd been there. If I'd been there, then I wouldn't have ran away or something like that. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's not ever the point. We'd all been like Peter. You know, we'd all wouldn't have run. We would have denied Jesus like 29 times instead of three. Uh <laughs> But the but what we see is is because of the resurrection it changed them, yeah. and now because of the resurrection we have words blessed are those who have believed and the, although they have not seen, um, that's just good. Jesus satisfies us. We can never lose sight of the resurrection. I would my grandma. I don't know how many times I've told people this. So my grandma she had she had a stroke and as she's she had quite a few strokes and she was getting closer to her uh, her time of passing really the only thing that she would say would be, remember the cross, remember the cross, remember the cross. And what she was saying was, go back to the cross, see what Jesus did, and that he rose, mm-hmm. and that he rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how she died, yeah. uh, saying those words, remember the cross, remember the cross. And I think as Christians, we need to remember the cross. Yeah. And, not, and when we say the cross, we mean the whole event, mm-hmm. death, and resurrection, because yeah. as we contemplate it, as we pray, we're, we're filled with faith, yeah. with hope, with joy, with satisfaction, yeah. and boldness. We really are boldness. Well, the cross is what secured our promise, and the resurrection is what vindicated, yeah, vindicated the, uh, the, those promises, right? And that's what Paul says uh, in First Corinthians as we're taking communion, that we proclaim his death 
until the day he comes. Um, you know, I think uh, this, this might sound weird. I don't want it to sound weird. We are recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you can always delete it. So, <laughs> so there's the idea. I'll say the idea. I don't know. Um, yeah, as pastors, we, we know the Bible fairly well, right? It's not a trick question. Like, we study it a yeah, lot. Yeah, we study a lot. But and, and the idea is, is that the, the church often looks at the pastor and is like, man, they just love the word. Oftentimes, not every time, pastors are kind of bold with the word, with believers and unbelievers. Uh, what I'm going to say, though, is there's nothing special about being a pastor. It's all about the word. Yeah. And I think I think there's a, I don't want to say this in a weird way, but I, yeah, I don't know how to say it without it just being weird. So it's just going to be weird. So I'm putting out the weirdness. That's just weird that I said weird so many You're making times. it weird now. <laughs> but like there, there's an idea that a lot of people in the church envy kind of the pastor. Right, like, man, I wish I wish I knew the Bible like they did. I wish I had the passion. I wish I wish I knew what to say in those kind of yeah. things. I wish I wish I could share the gospel like he does. And so, this is not putting a pastor on a pedestal at all. Rather, if anything, I just want to say, I think what you and I have the ability to do because of our profession a lot is to study the Word a lot. That grows us in that knowledge. But really, if any Christian picks up this Bible on a regular basis and studies it and sees how it all points to Jesus, to his death and resurrection, as they wrestle with that, they're going to be filled with boldness also yeah. to share the gospel. Um, so I say that not to, to point to the pastor in any pedestal type way, but if anything, just raising up the Bible saying, this is what we want because the Bible points us to Jesus. Yeah, and, and I mean, our job is to equip Right, yeah, and th- and and that's the whole point, even of this podcast, is we want to equip our body uh, to be more filled with the word, to be more able to to speak forth, to proclaim, uh, to know yeah. the Bible, to know Scripture, to know. Okay, how do we talk about the resurrection? What's important about the resurrection? What does this mean? What if there was no resurrection? Um, what does that mean for the gospel? I mean, I, we, those are the things we just covered, you know, in the last how long we've we been talking. Um, but but I don't think it's I don't think it's it, it's not I don't think it's weird. Um, so I wasn't being weird. No, I don't think so. I think I think yeah. Thank goodness. Glad I dodged that bullet. Woo. That would have got weird. <laughs> um, I think it's common. I think it's common, and part of it is our position. Because we are expositing the word on a week in, week out basis. Um, but hopefully, if we do that well, I think people are more equipped. I think people who go to churches that preach expository, expository passages, expository preaching, are more equipped than they know. I totally think that. I think, yeah, the more people hear the word, Exposited, which means you know, walking through it verse by verse through context, explaining it. They don't even know at that moment, but they're being trained to do the same thing yep. when they read the Bibles. Absolutely, the Bible. Well, they could have an NASV and ESV, right? As long as they have the elect standard version, they'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's one of the other things they call the ESV? Uh, extra spiritual version. Extra spiritual version. We use the ESV. Whatever. We're not going to go into that tonight. I but use the ESV too. That's good. It's good. Uh, hey, why don't you? Hey, I prayed last time, man. This is this is you. What are we like five? Yes. I prayed last time. I'm not praying again. Hey, no, we're not five. You're forty. Oh, you went there. Snap. So just so everybody knows. Oh, what? You're doing this? Just I am. Nick just turned the big four zero. So I, I did a little study of the life expectancy of males in Lacey, Washington. It's right about 81. So, buddy, you're, you're halfway to Jesus right now. I just, you know, just, just letting you know. Uh, so make the next 41 count. Uh, no, man, happy birthday. Happy I, I don't feel happy anymore, actually. No, <laughs> thanks. It is true. I'm I'm 40. So because you're older and you're more beautiful, you get to pray. Age but, and beauty, buddy. You got but you have the beard that goes all the way down to your belly button. It does not go to my belly <laughs> If you bend over, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> all right, man. Let's pray it up. Father, Father, we praise you. You are good and holy and righteous, and we thank you that you have created us in your image, and that even though we have sinned and rejected you, uh, when God, you did not just start over, but you sent your son for the redemption plan, that you would save a people and transform them by the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus, so that we would be made into the image of your son so that we'd have his righteousness, so we'd be adopted, so we'd be declared righteous, so we'd be sanctified and looking forward to one day being glorified and living forever with you. God, we, we long for that day. And God, I pray that we, we study the resurrection. God, may we see how everything in the Bible hinges on the death and resurrection of Jesus. May we know that. May we love that. May we eat and breathe the gospel, God. God, and as we do, fill us with boldness that we share the gospel. And God, may we, when we tell it to our neighbors, to our coworkers, uh, to people we meet just randomly throughout the day, help, help us to just show people the hope that we have in the gospel. And God, we thank you for the resurrection of your son. He's defeated sin, death, and Satan. Yeah. And because of him, we can truly be satisfied in him. And God, we long for the day we see you. We long for the day. Um, in your name, Jesus, amen. You've been listening to Satisfied in Christ. You can find more resources on our website, www.satisfiedinchrist.life. That is dot L-I-F-E. We are also on Podbean. Spotify, Spotify. my wife said. Oh, we're on Spotify. You can actually say, hey, Hey, Google, or hey, Siri, play Satisfied in Christ on Spotify. Boom. Wow. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't mess man. you up, did I? Keep going. No, you, you got I this. think that's all I got. Hey, thanks for listening. And we if will they s- want to contact, check out the website, yeah, check out resource the- page. It's all there. Um, ask a question. And we're done. And bye-bye.